Hi, everybody. It's episode 485 of PodQuest. Hey. hey. It is Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi. How you guys doing? Oh, you know doing what I'm right. doing. I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were bitching about that earlier. I am so bored. But also, I forgot we clapped. And uh, as you started counting down for the clap, I had two fidget toys in my hands, one in each hand, and I was just like, oh, fuck, what do I do? And I had to drop them both to clap. This guy forgets we clap. We clap every week for like five years. He forgets we clap. You know, (laughs) I just forget. I forget about the clap. So and real quick, I bought. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't know if you guys notice. We're like 15 episodes from 500. What do you want to do for a 500? I don't know. We're also like five months from ten years of PodQuest. Damn. Do you? Want, that's our next book club. Listen to all ten years of PodQuest <laughs> and see. That is significantly longer than any other thing we've ever done, and we all know you won't do it because you don't like listening to yourself. Um, it's not that I. I it's true that I don't like listening to myself. I, I kind of in the same manner that um, what's his name, Kylo Ren, doesn't like hearing his own voice. Um, but it. But I still listen to Rose. I just. I don't know. This isn't my kind of show. <laughs> I'm I'm here for the talks, but I don't often listen to shows like this. I mean, which valid, definitely valid. I'm gonna move this. Sorry, but I'm... I used to I I used to listen to to uh to the show uh, probably for a good like two years, two or three years, I think. And then I think after podcasts left uh YouTube Music and went to Google Podcasts is really when I stopped listening. But maybe a little bit before that. I, it would be that I would maybe listen to every show I wasn't on, but it's infrequent that there's a show I'm not on. That's that's fair. I think there's only ever been, like, in the last six years, maybe one show I wasn't on. I think there's been, like, a couple. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you've had a couple times where, like, you went away for one reason or another. There was. I've only gone on one Wednesday vacation, one vacation that took place on a Wednesday. You know, we, we've only been last... recording on Wednesday, Wednesdays for the last, like, two and a half years. No, it's been longer than that. It, we were recording in person on Wednesday. Yeah, but COVID's been around for three years. I thought we just started doing years. Wednesdays after COVID started. No, we were recording on Wednesdays at my house. We would get we would start recording at my house in my house on Wednesdays. We've been recording on Wednesdays for at least five years. Man, see that's why it's la- been ten years. The last vacation I went on that took place on a Wednesday was within the last three years. I've, I don't often, I usually go on long weekends. I don't do Wednesday vacations. I don't do, I don't go away on this. Uh, before then was maybe like a few years prior when I went to the Outer Banks. Maybe, but I think I, I think that, I think that was like Thursday to something like, or I don't remember how that was. But yeah, I don't often do long-term vacations or full week vacations. Well, maybe you should. Maybe that's why you're so bored. Right. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I also just, I don't have money for you don't. You don't need money for vacations. Yes, you do. No, man. Just go to the beach and just sleep on the beach. But then I have to drive home, and there's gas money that I would have to go to and from the beach every day, and food. Why? Why? Why are you money. going from the beach every day? I just told and you sleep, sleep on the beach. On the beach. <laughs> but the, but where where am I gonna? I, you gotta pay for parking. And oh, it depends gotta on what pay, town you're in. No, go to Asbury get, Park. Get, Go, go to Ocean. Go to Ocean City and don't park at the beach. Park two blocks away. Gotta pay for the outdoor showers to shower every day, or get like a gym membership and shower at the gym every day. Just go into some random person's backyard. All the houses have uh, showers outside. And then you gotta pay for food, and that beach food is expensive. Just be like a seagull. There's food all over the place. People throw yeah. away plates of fries all the time. 
You gotta you know, become I a actually, Fregan. I, I actually, I like the idea of being, like, a seagull and seeing somebody with, like, uh, a funnel cake and me just going, ah! as I'm running at to get that funnel cake. Like I, like I said, Fregan. Ugh. Anyway, you guys excited for PAX? I, I'm so excited for PAX. It should be a good time. I agree. I agree. I haven't, I haven't looked at any of the panels or anything. Yeah, I never do. Are you gonna try and go to the, well, I get, no, is the, I don't. Is the keynote on Friday or on Saturday? I feel like it's, it's on, on Saturday. Friday. Oh, is it's it on Friday. Friday? Probably probably just after doors open. Probably like 11, I'm that, assuming. That's a bummer. Um, So, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to the keynote, but I honestly really care about, like, I don't know what the keynote is. I, I, I mean, as Matt Mercer is, is the keynote speaker, but, like, I don't really care. I want to spend Friday talking to vendors that... Or talking to developers that I don't have meetings with because Saturday and Sunday get so busy and so crowded, and Friday is the least crowded, least busy day. Plus, I'm going to know a lot of people going on both Saturday and Sunday. Um, that like I want to be able to spend time with them as well. So like fr- Friday is going to be going to a lot of booths and talking to people more so than anything. But I, I don't often do panels. I want to try to do a and d thing. I always want to try to do D&D stuff there. But I just, I never get there early enough to sign up for anything. And usually you need to be there Friday morning to sign up for, like, the Sunday stuff and Saturday stuff or something like that. You might be able to, like, pre-register through the app. Yeah. Like, even, like, right now. Oh, do we need a uh, vaccination um, no, or anything like not that? Not that I remember saying. They've stopped no. doing all that stuff. Okay. I mean, I've got the new vaccine, and I'll probably st- I'll be st- still be wearing a mask. I'm assuming you still have to. I don't know. No. But I'll still be wearing a mask. But yeah, I'm excited for PAX. I can't wait. It's the one thing I look forward to every year because I do nothing else the rest of my life. Uh, story time with Matt Mercer is at noon on Friday. Yeah. So you might get I, there. I well, that's the thing. If if well, no, if I can't get the full day off, I won't get there because I that means if I. If I can only do a half day, that means I get off at noon. And it's going to take about an hour to get there, as long as everything works out right and I can actually get off at noon. And I'm showered and, and everything and ready to go. Well, shower in the morning so you don't have to do it before you leave. Well, I mean, that's the goal is to wake up basically at 7 o'clock and shower and everything. But I normally don't roll out of bed until 8. But if I'm... It's like two I, hours in the morning you could be doing shit if you got up at 6 like an adult. <laughs> why would I get up at 6 when I don't have to be at work until 8? Commute hours of time to do stuff. Okay, I Shower, stay up to one. Breakfast. I stay. I stay up to one o'clock. God. Wow, you made Cobb so mad he left. <laughs> I I know. Fucking, <laughs> he got so mad about not being an adult. But no, I if if I I don't work until eight, and I'm up until one. Uh, you're I'm up till wait till at least two hours beyond your time that you go to bed, and at least three hours beyond Cobb's bedtime. So it's. It's I'm usually up till one two o'clock every 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 night. So it's whatever you guys would be could be doing from six to eight. I'm doing from ten to one or two. I'm driving Which, usually. You're eating breakfast at one in the morning. Who who needs to eat breakfast for two hours? And plus, I eat breakfast on the clock. I fucking cook breakfast. On, I'm not fucking eating breakfast out uh, 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 before I clock into work. I'm eating. I'm getting paid to eat breakfast. Okay. That's how I've always done it, was gotten paid to eat breakfast. I mean, who eats breakfast, right? I eat breakfast. It's one of the most important meals of the day. 
No, that's if that's not the most important meal. That that's Hallmark. That's that's just Big Pharma. Big Pharma. <laughs> it's Big Egg. Yeah, that. And when I say pharma, I mean the farming industry, not pharmaceuticals. Oh, oh, big farming, big egg. Um. Anyway, Rich, what's on the agenda? On the agenda, I watched a series called Loki, the new season, at least. Uh, I, I guess Cobb's watching Squid Game, the game, which I fucking hate it. I hate it. I haven't it's watched so, it, but I hate so it. It's so dumb. I love it. I I have I have commentary on it, and I just we'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, I also I read a book called All You Need Is Kill. And I read uh, two of the uh, Mighty Nine Origins comics through cri- that uh, Critical Role uh, 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 has made for their previous campaign. Um, Cobb read a book called His Majesty's Dragon, and there's a little bit of Cobb wants to talk a little bit more about Persona Five Tactica. Accurate, accurate. So tell us about Loki. It was fine. That's what I've heard. I it it's it's it it wasn't as good as first season. I think it was a little, it was, it, it, I don't know. It tried to do something weird by making you care about characters, especially like one of the characters you just met the first episode of this season. And it tried to make you care about some of these characters and care about the outcome when it's like, I barely know these characters. I don't care. I like, yeah, I love, I love, uh, what's his name? Um, he was, he was, uh, he was in the Goonies data in the goonies oh um, and in um, everything everywhere all at once god what is his name i can't think of his name yeah F- but fucking like, short round from temple of doom yes like it, he he's in that he's in that season and i love him he's great but like i don't know there's just it was it was too it felt too spread out and too sporadic for the short amount of episodes that they had um there was it, it and, and it's time travel and time travel doesn't always work. And this, it, I still feel strongly that time travel, especially with this, doesn't really work in the way that they're trying to push time travel in this one, where it's like time, time, like, because there's no longer the prime, or because of the events of season one, they are now like the, all the timelines are splitting and 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 changing, and. But it's like they they live in a in a in a in an area. The TVA is in an area outside of time, but there is still time in the TVA. You can't be outside of time, but still have time move forward. And a a, a, a thing happens in the TVA that like ends up destroying the world, but time doesn't exist there, so you're not supposed to be able to go back there. But then, how does it actually happen if time doesn't exist? And it's just like time travel things always get very muddy and. It, it it still worked with it worked weird with this one as well, and it gave Loki the ability to jump through time without having any time travel items. Look, I'm sorry, I'm throwing spoilers out because everyone's already seen spoilers forever, and most of you guys don't really care now. Like, it's just I I don't know. It was it was weak. It was the weaker of the 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 Disney Plus series, or at least seasons, uh, for Marvel, in my opinion. Um. I just, like, I, I watched it, I, I, I also had part of it spoiled for me, I had the ending spoiled for me, within three days after the, the ending actually happened, uh, I got, like, a notification, hey, Funko Pop announced this Funko Pop from the end of Loki, and I'm like, oh, great, thanks, thanks, Funko Pop, um, but yeah, it was, it was fine, it was just fine, and, like, I'm, I'm not like you, Cobb, where I'm, like, I'm getting, um, I'm getting uh, superhero fatigue 
Like, I still go and watch all of these movies, and I love these movies, and I, I enjoy them. And the last few movies were entertaining. Like, Guardians was entertaining. Uh, Thor was entertaining. The Marvels was fucking entertaining as all hell, and it was fantastic. But, like, I am uh, un- agreeing with people where, like, a lot of this stuff, they're, like, they're either trying too hard or not trying hard enough, and it's just becoming very cookie-cutter. And it, it's 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 the Fast and the Furious superheroes now and like i'm gonna go see them anyway i'm gonna watch them anyway but i will complain about them from time to time like i am with this one where it's just like like, it's just fine and i it really didn't need to the entire series how the way it ends the entire series really didn't need to happen and that's kind of my biggest issue is and it was always kind of my issue with like why i didn't fully like uh black widow it's like none of this affects the whole end game outcome of the world. This doesn't matter because this technically takes place 10 years ago. And so everything you were trying to build up with the Kang dynasty is resolved in this series as to never having had been a major issue based on how this season ended and how the series ends as a whole. So he's, Kang is not this big bad evil guy that's on the same level as Thanos because of how this season ends. So it's like, okay, well, because this happened 10 years ago and is technically a prequel to even Infinity War, technically, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think, I mean, and like you, you nailed it. Like, I just, like, I don't get any enjoyment out of this stuff anymore. Um, mm-hmm. the, the last MCU movie I enjoyed was No Way Home. I think No Way Home and Shang-Chi were the only two Phase 5 or whatever phase we're in now movies I actually got any enjoyment out of. But um, have you, you, haven't, you haven't seen Thor yet, have you? No, the only one I haven't seen is Guardians 3. I thought and, 4 was actual and, garbage. And the Marvels as well. Cause I just oh, yeah. Know. But again, like okay. I'm at this point, like I just I don't even want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I totally understand. I can understand people not really being interested in them anymore, and like the box office shows. I it also it, it you can ar- kind of argue that like there was a little promotion allowed for the Marvels, which is why the Marvels kind of fell to shit because like you know the strike ended just as Marvels came out. But I that I mean that also doesn't help with like any of the numbers of other movies that came out in box office just around it. I think Adam Sandler's movie is doing better than the Marvels or did. Be- Adam Sandler's movie did better than Wish. I know that much. Which yeah. I didn't even know Adam Sandler was getting a movie. It was having a movie come out. Neither did I, and I feel like that's, like, people keep, and here's the one thing I'll say. People keep shitting on the Marvels for having, like, the lowest box office, and they're making it about, like, the characters and the cast of those movies, and, like, Mm -hmm. that's not the case at all. Like, less people are going to the movies, a movie like this, people are just waiting for it to go to the fucking streaming platform. If if a family wants to go see a movie, it's, like, 60 fucking dollars. Yeah. Versus... The fifteen you're probably already paying for Disney Plus if you have children. Yeah, like, I, 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 I agree. Like the, these movies aren't bad movies. They're not. They're they're entertaining, but there 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 are so many more people like you that would much rather just wait for it to come out. To be in, fair, I in... I've moved past even that. Like I just don't even have a desire to watch them at this point. Yeah. Um. 
But, like, and people turn around like, no, you have to see it on the big screen. I can get a 70-fucking-inch TV in my living room with the greatest surround sound effects and have it just the same as the movie. I don't, you don't need the theater experience anymore. If you care that much to have the best experience, you will have the best experience at your home. Mm-hmm. And you will, you'll spend a fuck ton of money to get that experience at, in the outright. But like you said, Cobb, if you have a family of four and you have to spend $60 to get these tickets, that's going to end up saving you money if you're going to see all the big movies. Yeah. Yeah. There are very few movies that within six months don't end up on one of the streaming platforms for no additional cost. Yeah. And usually like, even if you're doing like the, the first week rental stuff, like, like the the week it goes to digital um purchase and rental or even purchase digital yeah. purchase twenty dollars gets you the movie to watch um let's let's say a rental so you get twenty four hours to to watch it as many times as you want um that is still if if, if you have a family of four that is still like half price and it's like it's, shit it's almost half price just for a couple <laughs> yeah let's like, no that it's literally five dollars more than a normal ticket. Like yeah. an average ticket is fifteen dollars to the movies. Well, I was I was thinking like Matt, like I was I was looking at like the lowest things, so like matinee prices. But again, like I mean, you know, not everybody can go do matinees. Yeah, like, true. It's it's like, and that's the thing. It's streaming services are killing Hollywood, are killing box office, are killing big box office hit, uh, 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 things, uh, uh, movies. Well, the That's movie what it theaters is. are killing themselves by making the the cost, and like this was before. Before the streaming services, the cost of movie tickets haven't gone up that drastically in the last five years. They've always been no. thirteen to fifteen, and it's like people are just now getting to the point where it's like, oh, we don't have to spend this. I can pay that no. once a month and watch whatever the fuck I want at home, where I can pause it and go to the bathroom. Like, yeah, yeah, I can go and, to the kitchen and get a, a, but, a snack that isn't fucking oversalted popcorn that is probably stale. But my my thing is like. Streaming services as a whole are killing Hollywood and the movie industry because that's what everyone's doing now is doing streaming services. They're not buying movies. They're not renting movies. They're not, like, down paying to download movies. Maybe they'll pay to rent, like, the movie on a streaming service. But, like, they're not buying movies to own. They're not going to movie theaters because, oh, in six months this will be on Disney+. Plus. In six months this will be on Paramount. In six months this will be on whatever. I don't need to spend the... 40 the 30 dollars for me and my partner plus uh however much for concessions for us to go see this movie now uh, i can easily avoid spoilers i don't get spoiled for any movie ever i get spoiled for tv shows all the fucking time movies i don't get spoiled for i can easily avoid spoilers for a movie and wait six months and then see it then yeah i easily do that I, i mean like i have no idea what happens in guardians of the galaxy 3 the f- I know a little bit of the Flash just because like I was I was curious and like was actually like following that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know what happened in Guardians, Marvels, or Loki. Yeah, like it's it's easy to avoid spoilers if you care to avoid spoilers. Yeah, I also uh, I also don't go on social media like at all. So yeah, that helps. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's just like I I totally get like the like there are I I know people out there that are like no the movie theater is the best experience. I'm like it's not though it's not. I go to the movie theaters because I want to see this movie and I want to be able to talk about this movie. I don't go to the movie theaters because I think it's the best way to watch a movie. I just go there because I want to see the movie. That's it. That's all I go to the movie theater. I think I would much rather sit at home and watch the th- watch the movies. You know what? If I actually had 
the opportunity to be able to see a lot of these movies like on release day when they come out in theaters at home, I'd probably have a better entertainment sim. Yeah, that's true. And like that's like I used to be like that, but even even like the non MCU stuff, like there aren't enough interesting movies coming out anymore that it's like I want to go see that in the theater. I want to yeah. spend double to triple what it would cost me to just watch it later. Yeah, and and it's like there there were there have been a ton of movies where I'm like oh, I kind of want to see it. like I I'll, I I want to watch Barbie. I haven't watched Barbie. I want to watch Barbie. I wanted to watch Oppenheimer. I'm absolutely fine waiting. For both of those to be on streaming services. I think Barbie already is. I don't know if and when Oppenheimer will be, but... I'm pretty uh, sure I saw ad for Oppenheimer already streaming. Yeah, I think yeah. it's on, if it's on anything, it's on, like, Paramount or something, and I'm sure you can rent yeah. it on Amazon. But, like... Yeah. On Black Friday, I bought three Blu-rays for less than $15 total. Yeah. Fast and Furious 10, Across the Spider-Verse, and the Mario movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I got three movies for less than the cost of a movie ticket. Yeah, and that's the, and the thing is, like you you got those three movies for fifteen dollars or whatever it was he said. Yeah, fifteen. Um, and and what I, most people like me, I Mario movies available on on Paramount still or on on Peacock, whichever one is on. It's still available on there. I think I'm not going to pay for it until it's not available on there. And I don't even have, then, I don't have either of those. So, but 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 even then. You know, I I've seen it once. I don't really need to watch it again. I don't have the urge to watch that movie. Uh, I, and and so I don't want to spend the fifth. If 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 I could get the five dollar deal like you did, five dollars per movie, sure, that'd be a little bit more worth it. But I don't want to even spend fifteen dollars for a movie I'm going to watch once. No, and like that's and that's absolutely the thing. Like if it had been fifteen dollars for the movie, I wouldn't have done it. I would have gotten yeah. Spider Verse and fast because i have every other fast and furious movie on blu-ray like i'm just going to have all of them like why not and and i have into the spider-verse and just because of visually what those movies do i'd rather watch that physically than streaming where it gets compressed and everything yeah um so like i would have paid a little bit more for those but yeah like if the mario movie was like 15 or 20 like on its own i wouldn't have gotten it because yeah i have seen it but like for the price that it was, I'm like, well, why the fuck not? Like, yeah, and and again, that's where, like, like I said, streaming services are killing the the movie industry because no one's buying Blu-rays. I don't. You're the first person I've heard who's ever who's bought a Blu-ray in the last four years. I mean, Best like, Buy is about to stop selling them. Yeah, like exactly that. I mean, that's why people don't buy them. Like, you can't find them. It just happened to be. Yeah. So not even ten years ago, five years ago, six years ago. On Black Friday. Because, so, like, we usually go out on Black Friday and just, like, look at stuff. And, like, inevitably yeah. we, we buy things, but it's it's more, like, um, spur of the moment. Like, oh, we, we could totally use this. Or, oh, such and such might, like, like that's a good Christmas present for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would go to, like, Target, Walmart, Kohl's, like, Best Buy. Like, kind of, like, just do a circuit, like, out in, like, the Cherry Hill area. And yeah. three of those stores would have, a, a like, an aisle somewhere in the middle of those cardboard standees full of blu-rays and dvds that were under ten dollars and it was like older stuff newer stuff um like kind of kind of like the whole gambit uh, of things and like i would i would stock up like i would be like cool all all of this year's superhero movies came out i enjoyed all of those i'm gonna buy all of them for six dollars a piece instead of the 25 that those blu-rays usually cost yeah and like i would i would buy you know five to ten movies on a black friday but, like, in the last three or four years, like, maybe they had – Target had one of them. They had one stand with, with, with Blu-rays on it, 
and the only three that had any interest were the three that I grabbed. Yeah. And even even their um in their electronic section, there is no real DVD section, Blu-ray section anymore. They sell more books than movies. Yeah. Um they basically just have like like um like a four well, I guess it's an eight foot section total because it's like two four foot section. Um on like one of those like island um racks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's the extent of their Blu-ray section now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Oh, stop, dog. No, we're talking about movies. What? Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's Mr. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Chase has got me distracted. But it's, yeah, the, the state of especially superhero films, but yeah, the state of superhero films and superhero shows are, are cookie cutter. And you get exactly what you're expecting with them anymore. Um, does well, that make them bad? Not necessarily. Uh, the problem with but, them is there's no creativity in them. Like, and it's not even yeah. the cookie cutter stuff. It's they've had the same person in charge of them for the last 15 years. And like, he's run out of ideas. And yeah. Feige doesn't and, let the directors and stuff have enough control over the movies because it's the Disney but, machine. It has to see- be what Disney wants it to be. But then when you let when he lets people have control of the movies, Taika Waititi, people bitch and moan about it. I mean that's that's fair. Like there has to be there has to be a happy medium. Like I I, I don't I don't think Rag Thor Ragnarok and Thor uh, Love and Thunder are, were bad movies. Thor Ragnarok people, was fantastic. They people hit- people complain so much about both of them. Maybe more about Love and Thunder, but they complain so much about how. Taika Waititi ruined Thor with those movies, both of them together. I mean, the first two Thor movies were not great. The second one was bad. The first one, actually, I don't, I don't dislike. But like, yeah. Ragnarok, great movie. It it did a good job of um balancing out like the serious and the action with the comedy. Um, Love and Thunder. I've said it before. That it was it was a comedy. It was nothing but comedy. Every mm-hmm. time that there was a serious moment or like 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 a hype moment, they broke it with a joke. Every yeah fucking time the movie was just one bad joke after another worse than what the mcu usually does with jokes like they weren't even funny and i love taika watiti i think jojo rabbit is one of the best fucking movies of the last decade mm-hmm. but like he was he was given too much freedom with thor and made one of his movies rather than making a thor movie yeah and like unfortunately like the story he adapted was also one that deserved more of a serious like attempt. Yeah, it, they did. They they did Jane dirty with with how um how light they made of a lot of the situation. Because and then and then like you have you have movies like like Black Panther, which was two and a half hours long, two hours and forty five minutes long, something like that. And it was there were literally no jokes. I was bored. I was not laughing. I was just sleeping the entire time. And it's like you, you, you have you, you gave me the DC treatment with with this, and then you gave me a rom com treatment with with uh with Thor, and it's like you, you guys, you need to find that middle ground. I like, I'm not, I don't 100 percent agree that Thor wasn't funny. I thought it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with, it. but I do understand the complaint of like, all right, a lot of the heavy moments were. Knocked down by jokes because they 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 made Thor younger. They turned that into a teenage coming of age story for Thor, the thousand year old Asgardian god. Like 
literally in um like, in Infinity War when he's sort of like down and everything with the Guardians, he literally says he's four thousand years old or something like that. Yeah, but they they turned they turned Love and Thunder into it's literally a teenage coming of age story, a hundred percent. And it's like that's that's not. Like, you're leaning to... You you made Thor too dumb. Like, Thor was good in Thor 1 and 2. He As a character, he was fine. The movie was, wasn't good. Or wasn't... there was one of their worst. But as a character, Thor was fine. And then in, in Avengers, they started to, like, dumb him down a bit. But it worked because he's not of this realm and not of this land. And that's, and that's the thing. Thor being dumb when it comes to how humans operate works like yeah like Mm -hmm. that works like just not knowing how to how to be human yeah but like he's a four thousand year old like alien god or whatever that whatever the mcu version of asgard actually is who has fought in wars for literal millennia like there is no part of him that like like at the beginning of love and thunder when he completely destroys that one civilization's like entire city like Thor's not that dumb. Thor wouldn't no. do that and then like pat somebody on the back. Like he's a he's a fucking hardened and like experienced fucking like war general essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the MCU this 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 uh this this um this arc uh this phase had three teenage coming of age stories with uh Spider-Man No Way Home with Miss Marvel and with Thor Love and Thunder. And it's like one of these doesn't fit. And it's Thor. Like, you, you, you've dumped him down way too much to this point. Even in Ragnarok, he was too dumb. But in this one, you just, you made him a literal child. Like, I am, I am 35 years old, and I don't act that way around my crush the way he was around Jane. Do you? No. Or don't you? Eh, well, it's debatable. But still, like, I don't entirely act that way, and I'm 35 years old. Someone who's 4,000 years old would not be acting that way around his crush. Seeing as how, like, w- where was she, wh- wh- or not even where was she, but, like, I don't know. It's It It was just, it was awkward, is what it was. It made the Jane stuff awkward and uncomfortable, more so than it actually made it worth watching and entertaining. Like, the rest of the movie I, I enjoyed, but any time it was Thor being awkward around Jane wasn't funny, or entertaining, it was just awkward and uncomfortable. And the the actual um rom com like flashback of their um their lives together. Yeah, like that was that was it was stupid. Yeah, but do you have anything else you want to say about Loki? I I mean I, no, not really. It was fine. Um, they just I don't I don't I don't really see a need for it. Uh, I'm I'm glad I guess that Tom Hiddleston finally got his like moment in the in in the stars for this uh for for marvel um but like it's not the loki we loved so it doesn't really make sense as to why he was so redemptive of himself and i just don't get it it's just it none of it works but it's it was a fine series that's that's fair is it set up where there's going to be another season or like where there could there, be another there, season? There's no way there's going to be another season. Okay. There's no way there, there can be another season. Unless unless they something spins out of um uh whatever that movie that they're maybe still making. What the the Kang Dynasty? Is that what it is? The Kang Dynasty? Or Yes, I think that is actually what it's called. Yeah. There's no way Kang Dynasty is going to do anything. I, honestly, I don't. Who knows what they're going to fucking do with Kang Dynasty? Because Jonathan Majors is uh, a shit person, and so they got to recast Kang. If anything, I saw that they're they're considering. That. 
I mean, that would work because you could just say that there's alternate universes, an alternate universe well, Kang um, just looks different. I was going to say, there's like, a, K- Kang has changed his appearance in the comics. Like, it's not crazy. But, but like, but that the crazy thing is every version of Kang that we've run into has been Jonathan Majors, but not every version of, and every version of, say, um, uh, uh, Doctor Strange has been Benedict Cumberbatch, but not every version of Peter Parker has been uh 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 peter the peter parker we know what's his name peter parker well the actor i don't remember the actor's name oh tom holland tom holland yeah <laughs> like they they <laughs> sorry i did not realize tom you were holland. looking for the actor names <laughs> yeah but like can i can i give a, a post credit scene spoiler for uh the marvels i mean i i, I actually do know what's in the post credit scene cuz i looked so okay uh at the at the end of marvels uh what was her name photon I guess Monica Rambeau goes into an alternate universe, which you have Kelsey Grammer as Beast in that alternate universe. So, like all of the Beast, we we know right now at least. Well, no, it's older Beast and young Beast. Older Beast is is Kelsey Grammer, whereas young Beast is um, what's his name from First Class? Yeah, I can't think of that actor's name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about though. Yeah, he was so, Ren- like, he was also Renfield. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like most Nicholas Holt. most Nicholas Holt. most yes, that's his name. So, like, most of the people in the MCU look like themselves, or in the now expanded MCU, uh, look like themselves, with the exception of Peter Parker, basically. Peter Parker and MJ are, but MJ in MCU, in 616 MCU, um, is not, is not actual Mary Jane Watt. I mean, just goes by the initials MJ. Even separate from that, um, they're not technically, like... Like, they are on the same Earth, but they're also Sony movies, so they can... Eventually, they're going to spin that off and say, like, oh, yeah, no, no, like, like this Peter's actually on a different Earth, and, and be, there was a fracture, and, and they were split apart. Or it'll just always be all the same, because hey, we, we saw at the end of uh, No Way Home that, uh, that, that uh, the symbiote uh, of Venom was left behind after everything went away. I mean, so that's... It's all it's all 616 universe. Except for Venom. Venom is actually a different universe. Venom is a different universe. Which is funny because... Well, no, I mean, I guess they took three different universes of Venom... Or three different universes... Two different universes of the of the villains. So it wouldn't... It would make sense if they took three different universes of villains. Well, no, so so the actual... um The theory is that Venom is actually from the Andrew Garfield universe? Yeah. Well, because I... It, so it, the only villain from his universe was Electro, right? Um and lizard, right? So he had wasn't vi- lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He there. It was lizard and electro, and then it was Sandman and Green Goblin for and Doc Ock and Doc Ock. Okay, so th- so that's what it was then. I I thought it was two and two, but it, so the third one for Garfield for Garfield would have been a Venom, uh, like a Venom right. that we never got to see. Okay, I can see. like it's in no way confirmed. It's like fan theory, but like it fits. Yeah. Um. But anyway, do you, do you want to move on? Yeah, let's move on. Drew, do you, do you have anything you want to say about Loki Season 2? Nope, I think I'm good. I think you covered it all. How about the MCU in general? Uh, it's too much. Okay. I agree with you. It took 10 years, but I agree with you. Or 15 years. It took 15 years, but I agree with you. I mean, you know, for a while it wasn't too much. Then they decided, oh, let's do all these extra shows and much. Yeah, and seven movies a year for a little while there. Uh, yeah. Um. So I watched Squid Game the game, the movie, the game. Mm-hmm. Starring Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes. Yeah. The video uh, game, right? Yeah. The video game. Yeah. Okay. Squid Game, the video game, the game, the movie. Yeah. 
Okay. Man, I really do love that there is a Street Fighter the movie, the game. Yep. Or um, High School Musical, the musical, the musical, something like that. High School Musical, the musical. Yeah, and it's 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 about. I've never watched it, but I know the High School Musical, the musical, is about a high school that decides to put together High School Musical, the musical, as their musical play of the year. And their like school is the school that's based on, or the school from the movie is based on their school, or something like that. I I, don't I, know. I I looked I don't it up know. once. I'm just like, why is this a thing? Like, is it like, like what? <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So I watched Squid Game: The Challenge. Is what it's actually called, I believe. Um. Mm-hmm. It's basically Netflix did like a legitimate game show based around the challenges from Squid Game. Net- Netflix saw that Mr. Beast video did really good, and so they decided, all right, let's do that. Um. um I will say, like, and, and they, so did they did a very did. good job with it. It's stupid. It's completely unnecessary. But they did a, they they did do a good job. Um, it's I the the first episode starts with five hundred or four hundred and fifty six contestants. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the first contest is the um, red light green light, just like in the show. Um, yeah, and all the contestants have dye packs under their shirts. Oh, so guess who did that, Mr. Beast? I have no idea who that is. Mr. Beast is a YouTuber who did Squid Games on his YouTube channel, and everyone who died had dye packs in their shirts. So how do so you know I mean, he? How do you know that Netflix didn't pay him? Netflix didn't pay him. He did it himself. No, no, no. I mean, like, since he did it, like, how do you know Netflix didn't like collaborate with him? I afterwards, I mean, sure. I look. I am bitter about this because I feel like they completely misunderstand the the, the meaning of the the show, the Squid of the Squid Game show, by doing that. I mean, they absolutely do, but and and that's why I'm kind of against this show, where I'm like, you kind of you miss the ball entirely of what. Squid Games was about because you turned it into a a, a, a game show. Now. Yeah, but it's and, fun. And, is it? It's dumb. <laughs> so it's it, so dumb. So it actually has very like you're seeing a lot of this like outside of the death. You're seeing a lot of the same stuff that you would have seen in like the Squid Game show. Like as mm-hmm. far as like what people are willing to do and like how desperate some people get just for 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 a chance at money. You you are bringing the worst out on people for four hundred and fifty six million dollars, uh, and you're making people turn on each other and themselves for a lot of money, and to see how far somebody is willing to go to get this kind of money, and what stupid decisions they're willing to make for this kind of money, and you're a big corporation is pitting four hundred and fifty people against each other for shits and giggles. Yep. It's you're you're Netflix. You are missing the bar here. I don't know. I think it's great. I I'm so I I hate it so much. Well, then I also I'm not gonna. But I also thought Squid Game was fine at best. I I I really enjoyed Squid Game. And like I think like this show does a really good job with recreating the games. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like I said, like like the the die packs, the people having to literally just like be in the way of everybody if they do get eliminated. Um, I think that just makes it like more of it, almost more of a challenge, especially for like a thing like the red light, green light. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot more, um, like non game stuff that they do too. Like, yeah. um, like my, it's basically mind games. Like they're, when they're in the dorms, they're like given like little tests and stuff in there where, um, at one point, um, they bring a phone in and everyone's just like, okay, well, the first person that answers the f- answers the phone is probably going to get to eliminate somebody because that's what the previous game did. Like two people got to decide on eliminating somebody um, 
anonymously. Well, they could mm-hmm. either give somebody like a gift or eliminate somebody. Mm-hmm. And so people thought that was going to be what happened next time. And so this one guy like came out the phone and as soon as it rang, he answered it. And they're just like, cool, you answered the phone. So you're going to get a treat. And they bring out like a tray with like two burgers and like French fries and stuff on it um, because they've been given like kind of shitty food up to that point. Yeah. And as he's standing there with this tray, everyone just comes up to him and just takes all of his food. Like, not even asking, like, one girl just literally grabs an entire burger and just walks away with it. Um, but then, like, a few hours later, the phone rings again, and the same guy ends up answering it because just nobody else goes up to it. And that time, it's just like, hey, so you answered the phone, so you now have two minutes to get somebody else to come up here and pick up the phone, or you're eliminated. And at that point, like, no one trusts him. Like, so he got eliminated. And... Mm-hmm. You know, ha- had he been more cunning when he answered the phone the second time and not given away that it was a negative phone call, um, there was probably a better chance that he could have convinced somebody that, like, it, w- it was another, like, prize and he just needed somebody else to come accept it and not gotten himself eliminated. Yeah. Or they did they did another one where I, I forget how many people were left in the game at that point, but everyone basically had to get in line and vote for somebody. And the person with the most votes would be eliminated. Um, mm-hmm. the, the catch was it was not necessarily an anonymous vote. Um, the first time somebody was voted, they immediately went up on like a big screen. So you could see that was a person that has a vote against them. So the first time somebody gets a vote against them, the person who does that vote, you know who did it. Um, mm-hmm. So like there was a lot of um, like animosity if somebody like voted for somebody. And it's like, well, why the fuck are you voting for me? Like, what did I ever do to you? Um, and, you know, like, people then, like, turning around and voting for that person because they voted for them and kind of, like, almost splitting the votes in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and, like, I think stuff like that is actually more interesting than the, uh, the games. Uh, but they did do, um, the honeycomb game where you have to, like, get the shape out of the honeycomb. Yeah. And I forget how the show did this. Um, but they broke everybody into four teams. And then the first person in line had to go into, like, the room first. And all the game rooms are set up to look like the ones from the the, the original show. Mm-hmm. And on the wall are the, the four shapes. The circle, the, the triangle, the star, and the, um, the umbrella. And yeah. they had to, among themselves, agree which person would take which shape. And obviously only one shape per person. And that would be for that person's entire team. And if they didn't all pick a shape, within i think they had like five minutes all four of them get eliminated and it took like five rounds before somebody finally like gave in and picked the um the the umbrella yeah like they were just like i'd rather get eliminated than have to do the umbrella i'd rather get eliminated than do the thing and not potentially get what the fuck kind of logic is that yeah no like how stupid are you like i'd rather get eliminated then have a chance to play this game and not get eliminated. Well, it's also by do by picking that your entire team was getting it, and on top, and so like even if you manage to succeed at it, everyone that was on your team is now going to be gunning for you because you just gave them the hardest task task it, to do. It, it was it was it was a vote between four people. We had to figure it out. I I, I mean, look, it's it's I'd rather it's it's again. I'd rather get eliminated than have a chance to play the game. And that, yeah. that's a stupid choice, in my opinion. Like, this, the, the thing that's pissing me off is you said it, he, he answered the phone, they brought him out a burger, and people just stole his food. I'm like, fuck that. I would have been punching people. 
Yeah. You no. you didn't answer this phone. And then I would have gotten gotten kicked out of the game because I would have knocked people out for stealing my food. But it's like these people stole my food. Like that's it's all part up. of the game. It, it, but if I knock someone out, am I out of the game? Yeah. For stealing my food, if I punch someone for stealing my food that you gave me, see this is am why I can, out of the game. This is why you can never be on a game show. You're you're too aggressive. I'm not too aggressive though. You they they, they stole my food. I it's my food. I want my food again. It's it's they they're missing the mark. They the big corporation. Getting shits and giggles out of people doing some stupid shit and feeding them gruel so that they get hungry and it, do. It wasn't gruel. It's just they weren't given a lot of food. Like I, they got um like fried rice and like eggs were the one meal they showed us. Yeah. So like but it's yeah, not I, necessarily I, bad food. It's just not a lot of food. Yeah, but that's the point. Like you're you're starving your contestants. You're not starving because it's you can't actually starve people, but you're setting them to the brink of. Turning them against, you're forcing them to be turned against each other. Yeah, I, I just, I hate, I hate, I hate this. I hate it so much because humanity's already shit, and you're making sure people know humanity's shit by doing this. I mean, we already know that humanity's shit, though. They're but ju- maybe they're just maybe, giving us may- entertainment. But it's, it, you already said the only entertaining part were the mind games. You didn't care about the actual games. Games. I mean, the game games were f- like they weren't bad. It's just that, like, they, they do not focus on them as much because they're honestly mostly kind of quick. Um, I, I will say the most interesting game game was they did, um, they did Battleship. Mm-hmm. Where, um, so it was like they, they were broken up into teams again and one person was voted captain, one person was voted lieutenant, and then everybody else had to, like, basically take, like, man one of the ships from the game Battleship. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, so there was, like, the, the carrier that had five. Um, the battleship that had four, and then the the three piece and the two piece. I forget. I forget what those two boats were. Yeah. Um, and the way the game works, the the way that they played the game was the first team to sink two ships wins. Um, when a ship is fully sunk, the entire team gets eliminated. Um, if your team loses, the captain and lieutenant also get eliminated. So depending on like how the game goes, like the losing team could lose five people, or it could lose. Well, I'm sorry seven people including the captain and the um the lieutenant or it could lose 11 people or something in between so wait it would be two ships total between the two or two ships two ships uh, two ships on on one side okay so yeah it would be uh as many as 11 it would be it could be as high as 11 people or potentially as low as seven people because it's three two and two and then five four and two yeah, and if a ship is fully sunk on the winning team, like those that the people on that ship are still eliminated. They don't get like brought back. Yeah. So like that there is um there are circumstances for everybody and the team has to vote on their their captain and lieutenant. So it's one of those like you're putting faith into somebody who's like able to do it. And my favorite part was one of the contestants apparently is like a it, it all it said was they are in the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. Um and she got up there to play Battleship and acted like all of her experience in the games industry was going to make her good at playing Battleship. A yeah. game that is 90% fucking luck and random chance until you hit something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, it's still luck depending on what you hit and which way you go next. Because if you hit the mi- if you hit if you hit the edge, you have three misses and one hit next that you'd be you'd be aiming for if you hit the middle you have two misses and two hits 
So it's a 50-50 or a 25-75, depending on where you hit, for the next one. And then after that, it's, it's uh, you know, you know where they were. But. Yeah. And, like, that, it, a couple of rounds came down to that where, like, both teams were down to, like, they just needed one more ship. They were actually both on the same ship. So they had, like, the same number of hits they needed. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be that the other team had more of the surrounding area cleared already. So they yeah. they knew exactly what I think it was the battleship actually. They knew exactly which ones they had to hit, but they were technically second. So if the if the other team hit every one of them correctly, like they lost. Yeah. Um. They got lucky though, and they did actually like the other team hit one of the, the wrong spot on the second go. So they got that like one ahead of them and and were able to win. Mm-hmm. Um. But and I will say that the person who was like in like the games industry did end up like nailing it, like just dumb luck, like just immediately got two ships like knocked out. I'm just like that is just fucking random happenstance. <laughs> yeah, you can't really be good at battleship. May- maybe electronic battleship because you used to have to um you could only use the pre-programmed layouts. So if you memorized the instruction booklet, you had a better chance. Really, you can only use pre-programmed layouts in an electronic battleship. Oh, yeah, because there was no camera or anything, so and they probably mm-hmm. didn't have like any sensors or anything to tell you actually. Yeah, That's you, weird. Yeah, That's you funny. like you punched the buttons for like B twelve, and the game had to know if that's where the the thing was. And this was before like NFC and RFID were just basically free to put into things. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Yeah. It. The back of the book had like. I don't know. There were several pages of potential layouts. And yeah, when you got started, each person would like type in the code for that layout into the game. And then you would put your ships in that configuration that was in the booklet. Hmm. Yeah. Not as good as just like plain old low, low tech battleship where you could do whatever you wanted. You could just make one long line and probably win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Squid Games show is fun. Like it's nothing to like write home about, but it's like stupid to see them like, make all of these games real games that aren't like people dying um i am curious to see what they do for um for the bridge like the glass bridge because they showed images of a glass bridge so i'm curious like is it just like everyone's gonna have a harness so when like a thing breaks they don't actually fall it's gonna drop them into a foam pit well, I was going to say, like, is it, or will it drop them into, like, some sort of pit, like, like a Ninja Warrior thing? It, it'll, or it'll will be, it, will they, are, it, is it not actually glass so that people can't get hurt? And, um, it's going to be, like, the, like, pressure sensitive where, like, a red light will go off. It'll, and they'll it'll, just be, it'll out. be, it'll be for safety precautions and making sure people can't get hurt and whatever. It'll be, uh, pressure sensitive drop doors that if somebody, if weight gets on, goes onto that door for long enough, It'll drop them into a foam pit. They're going to drop into a. You know that's you know what I hadn't thought about that like that it could just be a door that kind of swings open from underneath of them. That's yeah, a good call. and then it just and then it's stuck open. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's call. That's what's going to happen. Like it's it wouldn't be glass, even though like they could use uh, sugar glass that shouldn't cut people or hurt people. It sh- you should be fine, but sugar glass would probably have too much of a difference in texture and everything and so to avoid the whole because you know people are going to use their squid games uh show knowledge for this show um to avoid the whole looking at the tempered glass and non-tempered glass to make sure which one is which it's all going to be flat plain matte colored boards that you're going to stand on that are going to open up or drop yeah um one one other thing that they did just to like kind of fuck with people psychologically 
um, for the 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 marble game. Um, they set everybody up to have picnics. Like, there's like, all right, everyone, we're gonna have a picnic. So like, pair up. So everyone paired up with like the people they were friends with. Or in, in one case, there's a mother and son that mm-hmm. paired up. Um, so everyone's like having like this nice little picnic together. They had an odd number of people left, so one person got a basket all to themselves. Um, yeah. And as they were, like, finishing their baskets, they all started noticing that there was, like, a false bottom. And when they opened it up, there was a bag of marbles. And it dawned on all of them that, oh, we're going to play each other for elimination. We're now going to send somebody home that we like. Of, obviously. Ex- like, except uh, for the guy who's by himself who's just like, oh, I don't have any marbles. <laughs> like... He didn't have any marbles in his basket. They should nope. have just given him marbles and well, been like, so "All right, he's." It's basically like a, "Oh yeah, no, you're you're safe. You don't actually like you're not." Okay. Yeah. There's no one for him to play, so he's just safe that round. Yeah. But obviously, they're gonna they're gonna trick you. They're not going to pull the exact Squid Games and be like pair up so that you eliminate someone. They're going to pull the wool over your eyes so that they can have that squid game scenario where mother and son, two best friends, whatever are eliminating each other. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I hate the idea of the show. I hate it so much. Yeah, but you also, you you don't like fun things, so it's fine. Dude, I love fun things. (laughs) I like, I like, come on now. I like game shows more than you do. Okay. That's true. I don't really like game shows most of the time. Exactly. It's just this game show I have a problem with. It's it's the idea that of what the game show is based off of and how much of a mark they missed with understanding the story of Squid Game. I don't know. Like, I think they're hitting a mark. Just not the mark you wanted them to. No, they're. I mean, they're missing the mark. They're missing the point of the show, is what I'm saying. They're missing the point of Squid Games, the show. Not the game. They're missing the point of Squid Games, the show. I mean... Kind of, I guess, a little bit. Nothing to that one, Rich. No, I, I, I said, <laughs> I said, I said a hundred times how I felt about. It. I said, like, like it's, it's, like I said, it's a, it's a, a big corporation putting people at odds and giving them the worst situations and showing the worst of humanity for entertainment's sake. It's exactly what Squid Games was, and it's, it's putting people down on their luck to make them fight for $456 million when you know Why not just give 456 people a million dollars each? Because where's the profit in that? Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, there isn't. But if you have $456 million fucking dollars, why hold on to it? Well, fucking spend your fucking money. Give it to people. It's because it's only $4.56 million. It's not a million dollars a person. Wasn't it? Um, was it... Uh, well, I think it, I think the show was, but still, that's a hundred thousand dollars a person. Give each, just give, have a show about, hey, we're gonna give you a hundred thousand dollars. How's this gonna change your life? And have a documentary, a feel good documentary series about people who who apply to get a hundred thousand dollars and see what they do with their money. Yes, you're gonna have some shit people who are gonna say that they're gonna do some good stuff and then go gambling and gamble it away. Sure, but you know what? If you have four point five six million dollars. Do something better with it than making people be bad. But this is how we weed weed out the the bad eggs. And what do we do with the bad eggs? They just don't get money, and they they spend they waste a few weeks of their lives and still probably get paid to be on that game show anyway. So they still got paid. They just didn't get paid the full bank. I don't know. You should just learn to like things. I like I like more than you do. Do you? I do. You should I like like you a should, lot more than you, you should do. learn to like good things. I like a lot more than you do. A lot more good things than you do. I don't know that that's true. It is. 
You've also said the show isn't that good. You just find it funny. Yeah, like, I, well, but that's the thing. Like, I'm enjoying it. Like, it's a game show. Like, game shows are inherently not good, but they can be entertaining. Game shows are great. They're really not, though. Game shows are fantastic. Like, game sh- literally, all game shows bring out the worst in people. I mean, I'd, I would I disagree. I would disagree. I don't... I, you're, you're talking, like, reality game shows, like Survivor and... And Big no, Brother I and shit I don't like consider that. Any, that out, I don't consider those game shows. That brings out the worst in people. But if you're talking like the Million Dollar Pyramid and shit like that, like actual legitimate game shows, that is just a game show of fun. That is people having fun. If you have, uh, what is it, Friday uh, Family Game Night that, that's, that's on like ABC or some shit that's hosted by, I can't even remember what her name is. Um, she was on Glee. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's, 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 it's a, it's an actual game show. That hasn't been people... on for like four years. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't have cable, so I don't know what game shows are on anymore. But like, you talked about a show on ABC that's on over the air television. Only well, yeah, if you get a fancy I... antenna. So they're like $5. Are they that cheap I... now? Yeah, antennas yeah. are pretty cheap. They, like, they, they went up in price for a little while. I literally got one at the dollar store. Nice. Yeah. But like, yeah, those game shows, I, they don't take the worst out of people. They do. They have their competition. It's, it's, competition is intrinsically the worst of people. But it's not, competition is not the worst in people. It's mind games. It's it's the the worst in people are the Big Brothers, the Survivors, the Squid Games, the game bullshit. Not just like oh, here's a couple of round where people are going head to head and having fun playing fucking Family Feud. Like, see, uh, feud. I, I mean, Feuds. they 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 might they might cut out the people talking shit across the, the, uh, and calling people morons and idiots for getting the wrong answer. They probably cut that out. Who knows? But I doubt that. I doubt there's that. Like, people are just there to have fun. That's, that's a, that's a game. That, those are fun. See, I don't think this, so. This is just, we're gonna, this is we're gonna just... have to agree to disagree. Ah, uh, boy. Game shows are the cesspits of America. Game shows are better than most television. Game shows are great. Nope. Again, except reality game shows. I mean, reality yeah, TV in general is bad. And, and look, Survivor, I, I bad. Watched... How Survivor has been on for like 400 seasons? No idea. I watched, I watched, what was it? Uh, was it like Outlast or something like that? I don't remember. It was on Netflix. It came out this year. It was about people who were out in the, uh, Alaskan wilderness. Uh, and it like, it took place over the course of like a month. And it was like just before winter. And people had to survive out in, in Alaska for a month. And, um, and it was like, we took a group of 30 loners and made them survive together for one month. And it was like, okay, this is actually an interesting concept, but it is terrible. And it is like the worst. But like, that was entertaining. But that was also a reality game show, reality, re- a reality series. Like, that's not, that's not the best. That's like Survivor. And that brings the worst out in people. Yeah. I mean, like, reality TV is actually the worst. Yeah. But let's go ahead and move on since we are an hour in and only on topic two. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> we spent a long time bitching about cinema. Yeah. Uh, but Rich, you read things and I, 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 I use acronyms and forget what they are now. Yeah. So, uh, we'll start with the, um, the comics. Uh, I, re- I read, I got for Christmas the past few years, I got the, uh, Critical Role Mighty Nine Origins Jester and Mighty Nine, uh, Origins Caleb Widow Guest. Um, and so I read those over the past, uh, week or so. 
Um, and they are, they're interesting. It brings a, it shines a light on characters that you know a little bit about, but it, like, it, it teach it shows you a little bit more about them that, like, may not have been, like, really, really well portrayed about, like, their past, their, their backstory or why they were on the adventure in campaign two for Critical Role. Um, Jester's was, like, fun and silly because she was a fun, silly character and, uh, she just, she had to run away from her mom because she, uh, left a guy on the balcony in his skivvies. And it was great. And it was about her meeting the traveler, um, and getting into shenanigans and, and, and learning about her powers and things like that, that she, her cleric powers. Uh, whereas Mighty Nine Origins was, or, uh, Caleb was a lot darker because he had a much darker backstory about going to wizard school and then, uh, being tortured by Trent Ikathon and, and, uh, uh, eventually killing his parents and things like that. And like, it, it, it shined a little bit more light about the relationship between, um, his, his classmates that like, I never got the idea that they were a thruple, uh, which they were apparently in this. Um, I'm sorry, this is campaign two, right? This is campaign two origins. Yeah, okay. The, the char- the, the separate characters origins from campaign two. Uh, because you, you don't always get to learn, this is like them going off on the event, like just before they go off on the adventure, just before they like meet up with the rest of the cast or how they got to the point to meet up with the rest of the cast. And like, they didn't really get to fully explain things that happened. Like you knew that Caleb at one point you find out Caleb did kill his parents, but you don't know why or how it happened. And it turns out he ended up killing his parents because Trent used uh, used the, the, the mind, uh, memory change, uh, spell to change his memory to have him remember something different from when he went and visited his family, uh, to cause him to have to go kill his parents because they were traitors. Um, you, you got to actually read and find out what Jester did to have to run away because they never really touched on that in campaign two. Um, they, they have comics for, uh, Yasha, for, uh, Ford, for Molly, uh, um, and for, uh, not, which was Veth. And then you still have, uh, uh, um, Bo and, um, Caduceus who have not, uh, who have not, their stories have not come out yet. They come out next year. Uh, and so it's just like, it gives you a little touch on their backstory. And I, I enjoy it. I enjoyed them a lot. They're good writing, great art. Uh, they're written by both, uh, Mercer and, um, the, the, their, uh, their, their actor. So like Caleb was Mercer and Liam O'Brien, as well as uh, Jody Hauser is uh, the main writer in, in these, I believe, or at least for the Caleb one, whereas Jester was Sam Maggs. I don't know if they're anybody certain, but I, or anybody specific, but uh, they're good. I like them. They have their, the art is fun. It's very like kind of more cartoony art, uh, like modern cartoony. I think I feel less than like comic booky. Um, they're hardcover, which I like hardcover books, and I, I like them. If you like Critical Role, especially if you like uh, Campaign Two, you might you might be you might like these. And I'm a big fan of both of those. So. Nice. I I did read. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. I read the the Vox Machina one mm-hmm. like forever ago because you loaned that yeah. to me so long ago. I don't really yeah. remember it, but I I remember it being like well written. Yeah, and I I I lent you Vox Machina Origins one. Um, after reading these two, I was like, I need to, I wonder if I have all of them. And I looked in my Amazon wish list. I have Vox Machina Origins 3 on my wish list, 
but I never actually, like, I haven't gotten it. And I was like, wait, where's two then? I couldn't find two because I was like, did I miss one and I need to get two as well? Uh, but yeah, they're, they're good if you're, it's, it, and they're like, the Vox Machina origins are really good because it might even help you have a connection with those characters in the Legends of Vox Machina. If you want to know a little bit more about how that band became, came together, if you are a fan of the cartoon series, that might help you, like, piece some things together as well. Um, you don't need to know anything about the streams to know stuff about these characters and the books because they're all prequels. Like even with the uh, the 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 Mighty Nine Origins, it's prequels to the stream of the Mighty Nine. So you don't actually need to know what goes on in the stream. This is an introductory to all the characters. So when they because they did announce a Mighty Nine series a while back uh, on Amazon, when that comes out. It might be good to have these, to have that little connection with the, these characters. Yeah. But they have, like, they have a ton of comics. They have one for uh, one of the characters they meet during the Mighty Nine campaign, campaign two, called the Bright Queen, uh, and how her whole world is interesting. They have an actual novel about the Big Bad from campaign two that uh, I have on my Amazon wish list. I hope to get and read because I want to know more about him. Um, it, it's They have a lot of content. They have a lot of, like, book content, which is, is, is nice. And they, they keep supporting, like, small comic creators and small comic creators. Dark Horse made the, uh, make all their comic. And so, like, I think they have a lot of, like, indie, indie comic artists and writers doing a lot of these. Yeah, because I, so they're, are they still doing the Mighty Nine right now, or have they wrapped that up? Oh, Mighty Nine's over. Uh, Mighty Nine was campaign two. They at oh no no, no. I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry I mean like the comics like oh, have the, they released but, all the character arcs and everything for that no no Bo and Caduceus are next year okay so um, yeah they have two more characters next year and then they'll probably start working on Bell's Hells after they're done with the origins of the Mighty Nine and like and v- the Vox Machina stuff's wrapped I assume I don't know I, I like I said I haven't read Vox Machina three I guess so. Because I haven't really heard them talk about any more of it. Um, but, like, they're doing the Vox Machina stuff because you jumped into the Vox Machina campaign, like, halfway into their actual campaign. It wasn't like they started right. as Vox I always Vox forget Machina. about that. Yeah, they started, I think they were, like, level 7 or 8 by the time they started. So, it's a decent way into the campaign itself. Nice. But, yeah. Uh, you also read the other one, the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, so uh it is All You Need Is Kill by uh 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 Hiroshi Sakurazaka, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I apologize if I butchered that. Let me actually find it written better somewhere else. Um yeah, Hiroshi Sakurazaka. Um it is it is what live die repeat or the edge of tomorrow, whatever you fucking want. Apparently, they changed its name at one point. I don't remember this, but I've been told that they changed the name because people didn't like the name. So the name was Edge of Tomorrow, but then they changed it to Live Die Repeat Edge of Tomorrow or something. I don't know. Yeah, so it was like the the movie was released as Edge of Tomorrow, but then like in some markets, I think it was Live Die Repeat, and then they eventually made it so that it was Live Die Repeat the Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, I like I know Live I Repeat was their tag for the, the but this is the basis of that movie. Um I my cousin lent me this about probably ten years ago, and I never actually got a chance. I've I started it like three times. I actually propositioned you guys to do this for a book club at one point a few months back. Um and uh I finally uh because I've had a lot of downtime with work, 
I had time to sit down and watch it. It's only about 200 pages. Well, you uh, watched it? it? Is, l- not watch it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. <laughs> Um, I finally you don't give sat me down shit to... for listening to the audiobooks, motherfucker. You're watching <laughs> no. the movie? Look, no, I'm not watching. The, if, no, I mean I've seen the movie. The movie's fine. Like this, this is like completely different from the movie. Uh, but like you actually, it gives you like origin of the the mimics, the the, the aliens that they're fighting, uh, which is nice to know actually what the mimics are and why they're on the uh, on Earth. Um, it it connects the character, um, uh, KG. Uh, um, it connects him better to the battle than the, the movie did because fucking the movie was just like, I think like Tom Cruise was just like, he was a, uh, lieutenant or general or somebody or just some random dude that they forced to go into battle when he wasn't supposed to go into battle or some shit like that. It was, it's so dumb. It was bad what they did. Like, it, it made no sense as to why he was in battle. Um, but it made more sense to why KG, uh, the, the main characters in battle. It gives you, more backstory on um, Rita, uh, the, who uh, was played by, I think that was Emily Blunt? Yeah, it's Emily Blunt in the movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, they give you more backstory on her. Uh, and it, it's it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting novel. It's quick. It's an easy read. It's 200 pages. Not even. It's 196 pages, um, give or take uh, page breaks and things like that. And um, it's, it's very, it's very fun. It's... Interesting though, because the way they have it broken up, they have each chapter broken up based on, there's only four chapters and it's based on, each chapter is based on like the lead character or who the character that chapter is most, uh, what, who, who that, who is basically taking charge of KG and training him. So like the first chapter is Private Kira, which is KG the main main character and it's all about him and his first jumps into the into the battle and into the time loop second one is sergeant farrell who like kg then is training with sergeant farrell every time he resets his time loop he's doing things to be able to train with him to get better third chapter is this this was like interesting it's called the full metal bitch because that's what they call rita they uh, they call her the full metal bitch and it's all about her going into the war and getting to a point where she meets KG after he starts his time loops. And then the last one is Killer Cage, which is the name they, they have the call sign they give KG. And it's like, it, it's all about like how, like, it, each chapter is about like the, the characters that it's kind of titled after, but it like, it, it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's a fun book because it's not the normal. Yes, it's the normal time loop of, hey, you die, you just relive it until you get it right, 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 over and over and over. Um, but, like, they don't, they don't, you don't have to read through all 160 loops. They skip through loops. The, like, some of the chapters and some of the breaks, the chapter breaks, will be like, it was this loop, I died. Like, there was, like, three pages where it was, like, made it, made it four hour, made it 25 minutes into battle, made it 30 minutes into battle, made it 60 minutes into battle. And, and, like, there was, like, a few pages where it was just letting you know how fast he died or how long it took him to die. Um, and then the the kind of twist on how to end the loop at the end of the book on the last chapter, just, like, it was it was a shock. Because, I, I like, I wasn't expecting it to be anything like the movie. Because I, I, I knew it wasn't going to be anything like the movie. Because uh, the movie was just how they, they, they had to, like, leave the battle and go somewhere. I don't know. It was weird. Um... 
but like I wasn't I wasn't expecting to it to take that kind of a turn where it turned out in order to stop the loops either KG or Rita had to die because they had become part of the loops themselves. And so like he w- they basically you learn that the the uh aliens that create that are here are machines sent from another planet that is dying. And these machines knew that they could terraform Earth, in, or these aliens knew that they could terraform Earth into a planet habitable by them. But this planet is 40 years away from here. Is that so, anything like what the movie was about? I don't know the movie at all. I have no idea if the movie went into the detail of the alien. All the movie did was it had the detail that the aliens could al- the aliens created the time loop. And the way I remember the movie being when it comes to the time loop is um what's his name? Uh Tom Cruise got alien blood on him which t- put him into the time loop. And they needed to find one specific alien on the planet Earth that w- held control of the time loops. And once they killed that alien, that stopped the time loops, but the aliens are still here and they still then had to defeat the aliens without the aid of the time loops. You know, normal time loop uh, dilemma where once you stop it all, you still have to stop the issue without having it. Whereas in this one, they, the, uh, the aliens uh, are 40, they explain it, the aliens are 40 years away. So they send their terraforming machines here, which... Uh, turn into the mimics, which in this one, the mimics are kind of like giant bloated frogs, whereas in the movie, it, they're like wolf dog things. Um, uh, their terraforming machines turn into the mimics and start terraforming the Earth. Humans fight back, but that alien race developed the ability to sort of create a time loop in a sense of they can predict the future uh, and relive that future until they get it right. By go and by doing like basically, it's it's weird the way they explain it. But basically, the time loop is all in the person's head until they get the time loop, until they stop the time loop. And every time they they loop, it continues only to just be in their head until the loop is done. Then it actually happened. It's very weird. It's not like that he's is going really back. Weird. It's weird. It's an interesting explanation. It's like it's kind of. The best way to explain it, I guess, is um, Doctor Strange in in uh, Infinity War. He was using the Time Stone okay. to live that many instances, and he was he was like he was just reliving it over and over and over to find the time that they win. And that's kind of how this works: is like he relives this memory over and over and over while actually doing it. But if he dies or if the loop resets, it resets. But he didn't actually die; it was just all in his head. Until he actually, until they actually do it, um, and so he find out that both Rita, which I can't remember if she had the ability to time, I think she had the time loop ability in the movie. Um, no, it was just until, Tom Cruise. Was it just Tom Cruise? Cause yeah, because every time he had to convince her to train him. Yeah, but so in this one, in in the book, Rita had the ability to time loop as well. She, you find out that the way to get the ability to time loop, there are specific mimics that look different than the others that are basically um and uh like they 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 send out the signal for the time loop and if a human connected with electronics were to touch and kill this special mimic they then get connected into the system to be able to do the time loop and so Rita had done it in the past and now that KG did it Rita wasn't sure if she 
if she died, if the loop would happen with her or not. So you just always continue to follow Keiji. And she learns that on each battlefield, there is, there's basically an antenna, a server, and a signal outputter, or something like that. And there's like four, there's a, a couple of different things that you have to kill in a specific order. And once you kill them in a specific order, you then have to kill the rest of them, the rest of the mimics, and that will stop the loop for that battle. Um, they end up doing the whole fight, but then they, and they succeed, but the loop still happens. And Rita realizes, after KG reintroduces himself to her, Rita realizes that they themselves had become one of the servers that send out the signal. So you needed to kill... One of them two also had to die in the end battle in order for the loop to stop for that battle. That seems and incredibly complicated for, like, it, it, no good reason. <laughs> it's 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 complicated, but it makes sense if you read it. If the, Like... It makes a lot more sense if you read it than me just really explaining to you. Because they, they explain it better. They explain it as, like, like it's not, like... Especially, it's a lot better than the movie, where the movie is just like, oh, there's this one being that holds all of the time-looping ability in the entire world for these creatures. It's like, oh, it's... It, it, it really works a lot better in the book. And, like, the way they explain the fights and the combat sequences, all in Keiji's head, it's just like... It was really, really detailed and w really well done. Um, and I just, I, I enjoyed the book. I could hard, I honestly couldn't put it down. I had to at times, like, I read 130 pages yesterday, and then it was like, oh, there's an hour and a half until stream, and I still need to eat dinner. And then today, it was like, alright, well, let me get the other 70 pages done. Uh, and, and like, I just sat there and read it straight through. It, it was a good book. I enjoyed it. Well, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I think, Cobb, you might, you might enjoy it. You might, it'd be a very quick read for you. I didn't like the movie, so, like, and I, I know you're saying, like, they're different, but, like, it's, I didn't, it's... I didn't like any concept of the movie, and I don't really like military stuff like that, like, which, yeah, like, military time loop stuff just doesn't sound super interesting to me. I'm not saying I'll never give it a shot, it's just, it would be very low on my, like, yeah. list. Like, because, it, it's kind of like zombie stuff, like, that stuff is just very, like, unappealing to me, like, modern military stuff, um, I'd, like... I like the I like like fantasy military stuff to an extent like if it's like more like old schooly. Well, this is this is more sci-fi military like they're in they're in mech suits. Yeah, like I think that's fun in movies and games, not so much in like books. Mm -hmm. Um and to be fair like I just don't read a lot of sci-fi either. Like sci-fi is definitely not a genre that like I get a lot out of. Yeah. So, but hey, if you find stuff you like, that's what's important. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And it's funny, so I, like I said, I borrowed this from my cousin, like, years ago. I can't remember how long ago. Well before COVID, at least. Um, before he even moved out of his parents' house. So it could have been 30 um, years ago, for all we know. No, it was, it was about 10 years ago. Um, and so I finally read it, and I sent him a text and I, a picture, and I sent it to him. And I'm like, hey, you lent this to me 10 years ago, and I finally, finally finished it and read it. And he, he just turns around, he's like... Oh my god, I thought I was going crazy that I didn't actually own that, and this whole time you had it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. If it's any consolation, it went on four vacations with me, and I started it four times, and just never finished it. And he was like, how'd you like it? I'm like, it was it was interesting. It was really good. It was a lot different than the movie. And I, like, I don't know. I, I think there's also, I think you looked it up once. There might be a manga for it. I think it was originally a manga. Or, like, maybe uh, it was adapted into a manga 
before it was adapted it, into a movie? It might have been adapted into a manga because on his uh, uh, afterward, not instead of forward, he writes an afterward. Uh, he writes about how like everyone made this happen, made the book happen. Like he 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 gives thanks to everyone who made the book happen and helped him get the book happen to happen. So uh, it, it, this is I think it was a book first, a novel first, and then a uh, a manga later. Which I honestly kind of want to read the manga and see see like. Not how it differs, but see the actual art of the fights and the combat and things like that. Yeah, it looks like it was... Um, so it's it's a light novel, technically, which just means... It's basically, like, light novels are weird. They're, like, the length of, like, a middle grade, so, like, a Goosebumps, but mm-hmm. they're not that grade level. Yeah. Um. So so this was a light novel in Japan, which means, like, it, it also had some, like, illustrations in it. Yeah. Um, but the manga version ran for two volumes in 2014. Mm-hmm. So the the novel was 2004. Yeah. Okay. And I guess the movie was sometime after that. Oh, the movie actually was also 2014. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Um, any last minute, last things you want to say about the, the book though? No, I'm actually, I'm proud of myself for actually fin- reading it because that's been something I've been wanting to do for years. And I you just wanted to read 12 to books this year, man. And you've, you've done almost half. I'm I'm at four. I'm at four. I'm not even though I read two comics over the past week. I'm not counting those as like books. Uh, but I do have. I, I was talking to Cobb today. I do have two omnibuses. I guess technically they're omnibuses that I am counting as actual books to read. Uh, one is a Doctor Who omnibus, and the other one is uh, the Second Stage Turbine uh, Amory Wars omnibus. That I plan on having those done by the end of the year. To get six books done this year. And, okay. And depending on timing, uh, I actually a few years ago I got a um, a Rise to the it's a Star Wars Rise to the Resistance book. It was it was a YA uh, book that uh, uh, somebody was on a podcast or something that I was watching or reading or listening to, and not reading but watching or listening to that like I was like oh that's interesting and it's about like. It's it's about building up the resistance for um uh the the new republic or the new republic and and whatnot. Honestly, you would probably actually enjoy the high republic stuff because I know like your big complaint with um Star Wars is how much of it revolves around the same core families. Fuck the Jedi. Fuck fuck this. Fuck the Skywalkers. Fuck them. Just like, fuck the Skywalkers. The high republic stuff is still very Jedi focused, but it's three hundred years prior. Uh, honestly, though. F- Fuck Jedi's! I, w- I want I want there's it's a galaxy it's a galaxy. Give me other stories. Fuck Jedi's. Fuck space wizards. So I, like I w- the this they're different Jedi though. Like yeah. it's not it's not what you're used to from the movies where like they've basically just become very like like secular and insulated from everything. Like yeah. these are the Jedi's that are explorers and they're yeah. They're, they're not all the Jedi Council from the movies with, like, your rebels in, like, Anakin and Qui-Gon. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. every one of them kind of has their own outlook on being a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... Even the villain, Like, the villains aren't Sith. Like, it's not the Jedi versus the Sith, which I think is, like, like the big thing. Like, there's no dark side users in this. It's actually, like, pirates. It's fucking space pirates that found a way to travel in hyperspace that doesn't exist yeah. in this time of, in, like, this time period. Yeah. That's why, like, think... it, it's a lot of books in the High Republic, and so you can kind of, like, 
you don't have to read them all though. Like there's like the adult novels that are like three ish hundred pages, and then there's like the YA stuff that's like 150 to 200. So you yeah. can kind of like you can pick and choose like which direction you want to go in, and the more you read, like the more of a robust story you get. But mm-hmm. like if you only stick to one core part part of it, you still get that whole thing. Yeah, I um I I'll I'll look into it, but I think after. After I get through what I have in my actual house, and I'm again going to attempt one book a month next year, um, I I want to try to get more into fantasy because I want to try to help build up the inspiration for D and D writing again. Um, and I also Read like Mistborn. I think you um, would really like Mistborn. You, you've talked about them, right? I have. I really think you'd like Mistborn. I'll have to I'll have to look into them. Um, but the, uh, I I want to read all of the. Um, Walking Dead novels again. The the four that I have plus the like five that came after that, I don't remember. But like, I want to reread through those books and read the ones that came after that as well because there's a bunch that I haven't that I like I fell off. Yeah, which I mean, like, hey, like, why not, right? Yeah, but yeah, if you get them, if you want to do fantasy, I really think you would like Mistborn. It's um, it's not like high high fantasy where like it's. It's knights and dragons and and stuff like that. It's it's like on the cusp of like like a steampunk, but like mm-hmm. it's not. It doesn't quite have the steampunk stuff anymore or yet. Yeah. Um. But um. It's 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 the world after the villain won. So the the bad guy won, took over the world, and basically destroyed it. So there's only okay. like there's only a a few cities left that are even habitable. Mm-hmm. And the first book is a, it's it's a heist. Like, it's a heist story. It's a group of thieves planning on robbing the, the literal god king of the world. Nice. Yeah. And the that's the book where the magic system is all metal-based. So, like, not everybody can do it. And some if you can do it, odds are you can only do one thing. So, like, maybe you can have, like, the metal that lets you, um, like, basically, like, jump really high. Um, or maybe you have the metal that lets you in um, impact people's emotions. Like, either ramp their emotions up or like soothe their emotions down um mm-hmm. there's like a very small subset of people that can do all of them okay that's why it's called misborn misborn are the people that can actually use all of the metals and each one has like an opposite so it's like it's a primary metal and then like an alloy of the metal it's it's weirdly complicated but super well done in the books mm-hmm. and you can read the first book and the first book can almost be treated as, as a standalone like you can read it and just stop there and it's kind of like a it's a full story. Um, the second and third book just take it further and like kind of like finish it out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're very good. A little long, but very good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, should we move on now? Yeah. Tell us about His Majesty's Dragon. Okay. So this is the sort of military fantasy I like. It's set during, during the Napoleonic Wars. So great right off the bat. Um, I'm bored already. <laughs> so... It's an alternate history, like I said, set during the Napoleonic Wars, so the early 1800s. Um, in this in this alternate history, dragons have their own branch of the military. So it's it's basically the it's the dragon rider branch of the military. Um, and the thing with that is, it's like the most powerful and important part of the military, but it's also super looked down on. Mm-hmm. So like nobody, very few people want to be in it. Um, and if you're from any sort of like well-to-do family, or if you happen to be in another branch of the military and you're on a path to like like commanding officer sort of stuff, 
you would never want to end up with in the dragon rider section. Because once you're there, you're there for life, and it's sort of... It's not frowned upon or, like, illegal to, like, have a family and stuff like that. It's just very hard, and very few people ever manage to do it. Because you're constantly, like... You're constantly with your dragon doing missions and, and all that stuff. Um, so the book starts out where you're on a boat. Um, it's, it's an English Navy boat, like, naval vessel. And they happen to capture a French ship that has a dragon egg on it. Um, and the dragon egg was actually on its way to Napoleon. <laughs> um, so the English get this dragon egg. It happens to hatch on the boat. And the dragon bonds with the captain of the boat. Who is like an old, like not old, but like he is, he is a full adult. Whereas normally when they're preparing somebody to bond with a dragon, they start them like very young. Like, like, like adolescence basically. This way they can train them and prepare them for what they have to do so that once a dragon hatches and they bond with it, they can just off to the races. Um, this guy has no fucking clue what's going on. Like, a dragon hatches, and these dragons are hyper-intelligent. So it hatches, and it immediately can speak. Um, and it's just the most wholesome fucking dragon. Um, his name is Tem- Temeraire. It's T-E-M-E-R-A-I-R-E. Um, he's named after, actually, a French ship. Um, but he's just... He's super wholesome. Like, he... The, the first thing they do is like, well, do you have a name? And he's like, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, and the, like the, the captain of the boat's just like, can I give you one? And the dragon's just like, I don't see why not. Like, just like very chill about stuff. Um, as, as he gets older, he, he still has this very like, he's very polite and proper. He, his favorite thing is when, when his rider, the, this captain, um, reads to him. Um, and his, his explanation is books are too small for him to hold. And incredibly hard to turn the pages himself. Mm-hmm. So, like, he needs somebody to read it. And... Oh. Yeah. And he doesn't care what books. Like, like he regularly asks him to just read him math books. He really likes books on mathematics. Nice. Yeah. Um, but th- this is the first book in a nine-book series uh, by Naomi Novik. Um, they started coming out in, like, the mid-2000s, and they wrapped up around 2016. So they're, like, semi-recent. Um, the first book is it's under 400 pages, so it's not very long. I it took like a day and a half because it's one of those books where like it just moves very quickly. Um, and the the first one it's it's basically from the dragon hatching through like him training and like a the the captain whose name is William learning to be a dragon rider like kind of past that age of where he would normally do it. Um, and then them kind of going out onto their first missions and learning how to, like, fight and be part of a squadron and all. Um, and it, t- it turns out that um, Temeraire is, like, a Chinese dragon, so he's rare for them. Like, they don't have a lot of those in England or on, like, in Europe in general. Um, so he looks different and, like, often feels, like, a little, like, segregated from the rest of the dragons. Like, even though he is one of the larger ones, he ends up eating with all the smaller dragons because he feels that he doesn't belong with the other big dragons. Um, and one thing that is both weird and really cool is the way that they, the way they go into battle. So, like, like, when you think dragon rider, you think, like, a guy riding on the back of a dragon. Um, and that, that is the case. Like, there's a saddle, the, 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 William sits in a saddle, but then there's also, like, infantrymen like attached to the dragons also like they have whole squadrons like attached to these dragons so like the rider is like just like there to like give directions and like keep information while like there's just dudes with muskets 
that are meant to, like, fight the other dragons <laughs> and their nice. infantry. And, like, the dragons are supposed to, like, go up above, like, other stuff, and then they drop bombs onto, like, ships or camps or other dragons or whatnot. It's just, it is the weirdest setup for, like, aerial dragon combat. Because, like, I recently read through, like, the Aragon books, and those are um those are very like what you'd think it, it's it's a person on the back of a dragon and when that dragon fights it breathes fire and scratches and does all that sort of stuff um and this is just like no 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 the dragons the dragons fight a little bit like like you know like some they have different abilities in some cases one dragon can spit acid um but like the real fighting is done by the dudes being carried underneath the dragon <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah um there, I, I saw online, there's, like, special editions with, like, custom artwork in it, and I've seen, like, like custom images drawn for the books of just, like, these guys with muskets, like, climbing all over these dragons as they, like, battle in the air, and it's just the funniest fucking thing. That's great. I love it. I like I like that idea. Dragon yeah. fighters with, with guns. Yeah, it's it's fun. And like I said, it's it's very low stakes, at least, like, in this first book, because it's not until, like, the last quarter that there's any real, like combat stuff happening um so yeah it was fun i enjoyed it um, nice probably gonna keep reading them um i'm not sure when i'll get to the second one but we'll definitely get to the second one just because super wholesome yeah i like it i like the idea yeah um and then the last thing um i don't i don't have a ton i want to say about it but i played some more of persona 5 tactica and I wanted to elaborate on the combat a little more because I like I got further into it, so like it unlocked more of like the combat things you can do. And I think it's kind of cool some of the some of the things they've done with like the tactics style. Um, so like Drew, like you might actually think think this is kind of neat. Um, so in Persona games, you generally have the if you knock down like all the enemies by like critical or weakness, you get to do like the all out attack where. If you have your full team still alive, you do, like, this big, like, gang rush attack. And usually it's enough to either beat the enemies entirely or, like, take, like, a good chunk of their health down. Um, since this, since it's a, it's a strategy game, you're not really attacking like that. This game does it different where if you can knock an enemy down and then position... So when you knock an enemy down, the character that did knocking down gets a one more attack. Um, if you have not used your other characters yet, um, you can switch to them first and position them in some sort of triangle around the fallen enemy. And any enemies that you can get inside of that triangle then become part of your all-out attack. And so by knocking down one enemy, you can potentially take down an entire like section of a battlefield. It's like super cool and very much a, you have to think ahead by like knowing what enemies are potentially weak to and where you leave your people like the turn before. Because like, if the person that that's going to do the attacks for the um the knockdown is several steps ahead, there's no way that you're going to be able to get characters from behind ahead of them and then spread out enough to like triangulate around an enemy. Um, so it's it's like a waste at that point. Um, but if you can like set it up and you kind of like are prepared for it, you can do a lot of damage to the enemies and really make um make a, a level go much faster. Um, and then the other thing they're doing is a lot of games don't. That, that I've played at least don't give you like any sort of bonus for waiting. Like there are certain times where like if you're on special squares in games, like, like you'll get something if you, if you just end your turn on those squares. And this game has those too, but it's also got a, if you're behind cover 
and you end the turn without an action, um, your character will get some sort of buff. Um, the only one that I know for sure the um, the effect is um, the female character that is original to the game. She, if she waits, her thing is her her ranged attacks um, go through cover. So if an enemy is in cover, you can still attack them and do full damage. You're not going to get like half damage or anything like that. Okay. Which is like that, like it's a cool thing to like plan ahead. Like if if you know you're in range, but you need to stay in cover because there are multiple enemies, you can still attack one of them without just coming full on out of cover. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just it it's doing some interesting stuff with um with like merging the persona combat with like this sh- strategy combat, and I'm all for that because I like the turn based combat, but sh- like the the grid based strategy stuff is always fun because. There's like a thousand different ways you can potentially do something. Um, and on top of that, this one, I mentioned it last week, this one giving you those like, here are three goals to try and do throughout this round that will get you like more experience and stuff like that makes it like, okay, like I really should try and set up these like um, triangulations for like the extra attacks because if I only have five rounds to go and there's 13 enemies on the field, if I can take out five of them in one turn, that's going to help a whole lot with getting to that particular um, goal. So, yeah. It's still a cool game, though. If nothing else, it's worth checking out on Game Pass. Yeah, there's a lot I want to play on Game Pass. But you keep. I, but instead, you're going to play um, Shenmue in a couple weeks. Can people keep requesting me to play RPGs, man? I mean, I'm all for you playing RPGs, just not Shenmue. Like, and that's, that's just one of those, like, I feel bad for you for having to play Shenmue. It is what it is. We'll see how it goes and determine how 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 much time I want to dedicate that, or if I want to learn speedrun tactics or some shit like that. Or I I get to the worst ending and not care. I I mean I don't know how Shenmue works. I know it's like a twenty hour game, and that's all I know about it. So it's just we'll very see. boring. Yeah, but it's his favorite game for some reason. I could see it being somebody's favorite game if they played it in like nineteen ninety nine and it just blew them away. I mean, pro I it, maybe yeah I don't know. It's as I know is his favorite game. He talks about it all the time. Um, he loves it for some reason, and I've never played it. And all I know is there's something about sailors. Uh, that's it. I don't. Yeah, I guess there were sailors, kind of. I know that from Mega Sixty Four. That's all. Oh, that's that's fair. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably a show. Yeah, that's yep. a show. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, next or not next week, but this weekend we'll be at PAX Unplugged. So next week's show will. Probably have a bunch of board games and shit to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, if you would like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.1... I'm sorry. I I said dot, and I'm just like, is that how URLs work? Uh, <laughs> www.1-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify... Uh, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. All of that helps a bunch. You can find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us emails to social at one-quest.com. And Rich, what is your streaming schedule for this week? Uh, twitch.tv slash b underscore wellness for video game streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Still working on, uh, Baldur's Gate. Still working on We Were Here Forever. Still playing Sea of Thieves on those same days. Um, 
Not to give anything away, but keep an eye on my YouTube channel. There may be a new series or two coming up, so check out YouTube Mo- with all that stuff. More, um, more survival games, or are you finally going to do Stardew? Uh, I was never going to do Stardew, but... I thought you told Erica um, you were going to do a Stardew series. No, I've been thinking of doing my time at Porsche. I could have uh, which... sworn you guys talked about Stardew at some point. No, um, no. I, I talked about wanting to do my time at Porsche on stream, or on, uh, on YouTube. Um, which that is a possibility, but also Subnautica is a possibility, which that's a survival game with an actual story in it, as opposed to Seven Days to Die and The Long Dark, which don't have actual stories and are just survival. Okay, that's fair. But, uh, there's at least going to be one new series coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when or why, but just there might be one new series, at least one new series coming up. All right. Good news, new things, fun things, all that, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, but with that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you. Bye.